Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Hook. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the man that gravity forgot, Rick Barrasso. And I, the big hook Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we are going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing just the tops. How about yourself? The tops? Well, I'm just doing dandy. Today we are heading off to Neverland. Actually, I want you to ask. I want you to ask me that again. Ask me that okay. again, Rick. How are you doing today, Derek? Bangarang. Okay. So today we're heading <laughs> up. <laughs> today we're heading off to Neverland. But let's take care of some business first. Last week, we of course started our Robin Williams back-to-back double feature with Goodwill Hunting, and it was a great episode as always. Check that one out, or any of our library for that matter, or on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use, subscribe, put in a review if you can. It's very helpful for the show. It'll help people find us. And of course, if you enjoyed that episode or you have anything else that you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And of course, you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old friend, our, our old lost boy that we didn't grow up with, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. But everybody think you're a happy thought. Hook. It's a 1991 adventure film directed by friend and future guest of the show, Steven Spielberg. It stars Robin Williams as Peter Banning slash Pan, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook, Bob Hoskins as Mr. Smee, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell and Maggie Smith as Wendy. It made $300.9 million on a $70 million budget. It's got a 6.8 on IMDb, a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 52% on Metacritic. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes can go fuck themselves. You say they made $300 million in this movie? Yes. So they blew it out of the water. Oh, yeah, huge hit. I thought I thought it was a flop when it came out. No, no, no. Critically, it was a flop. Critics Critically, it was a yeah. Critics didn't like it, but this is, you know, this is Spielberg. Like at the gotcha. You know, okay, ar- like arguably is you know his peak goes from you know nineteen you know when Jaws comes out to you know Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> right. Like yeah, yeah, big hit. And of course, it's like a family movie. You know, you and I grew. That's that's I think why this is there is such a a, a stark contrast between what critics at the time thought of it and audiences at the time thought of it and what people who were younger at the time think of it now. Right. And it's sort of been reclaimed as like, you know, kind of a, a, a favorite movie of our childhoods. Yeah. Uh, but let's look at some of those reviews for a positive one. Jay Boyar of the Orlando Sentinel says, quote, it's a lot of fun to watch over two hours of thrills, spills, elaborate sets and special effects all tied together by a pleasingly varied and lighter than usual musical score by John Williams. Uh, Ebert didn't like it here. (laughs) We get the uncanny suspicion that hook was written and directed according to the famous recipe of the country preacher who told his folks what he was going to tell them, told them, and then told them what he had told them. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> He's saying that the movie belabors its point. 
I like his, I, personally. So, I like his opinions better when he's deceased. <laughs> um, I think what he's trying to say is basically this movie is like it sets up. It's like Peter, you have to remember like who like who you are. Like you gotta get your memories back and like find your inner child. And then we see Peter do that. And then at the end of it, it's like, isn't it great that Peter did that? Yeah, uh, it is great, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then for another negative one, Marjorie Baumgarten of the Austin Chronicle says, Hook breaks the cardinal rule of J.M. Barry's timeless fantasy. It grows up. So, Derek, when did you first see Hook? I don't know. I was a fucking kid. Yeah. And we had the VHS. Yes. And I remember always, every time we went anywhere on vacation, my sister and I would pack the VHS tape wherever we went, just in case we wanted to watch Hook in the hotel room. (laughs) uh i've seen this movie like probably like 20 times at least it's a childhood favorite of mine i'm actually surprised my sister didn't jump on this one she wants to do something where she can you know be smart in and i was like you can be smart and hook you know you could technically but no i mean this this is uh this is one of my favorites as a kid i i pretty sure i was telling Gio while watching it <laughs> well I was like, I had all the toys. I had like all the lost boys and all the little sure. like gadgets they had. Cause they sold them. Um, we had a board game of hook. We had card game. Board game. Wow. Yeah. We had all kinds of like hook stuff and it was like the coolest thing. We loved it. I think I may have had like, like the replica sword that he uses too, like the pan sword. Um, so I was a big fan from the very beginning. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. Not to the extent of having all the, you know, I probably had a couple of toys or something like that, but you know, this this is a movie that was just always, always like around. Like the, the VHS must have been like huge. Yep. You know, and this is like kind of peak VHS. You know, the early '90s when you know it's after they lowered the price to you know twenty bucks a pop for VHS or whatever it was. Yeah. And you know, just you know, Robin Williams as like the you know, ultimate kid friendly actor, weirdly uh, at that point. So, yeah. Yeah, this this is a movie that that I grew up loving, and let's let's take a look at it and see how well it holds up. But first, let's find out what happens in this movie. So, Derek, have you chosen a song? Yes, um, I am going to choose a song from the soundtrack, from the score, and it is going to be the banquet song <laughs> because anytime I want to just chow down on some fake food. I'm playing the banquet song. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Peter Pan has grown up and is a stuffy lawyer with a son and a daughter who has forgotten his past. He must return to Neverland when Captain Hook kidnaps his children. The Lost Boys and Tinkerbell help Peter regain his memory and skills. Between off-screen bouts of thunderous lovemaking with Smee, Hook attempts to turn Peter's son Jack to his side. Pan as always defeats Hook, this time after the pirate kills Rufio, the Lost Boy, who took charge after Peter's departure. Hook attempts to get his revenge on Peter, whose back is turned, but the crocodile eats him, despite having been dead for years. All right, 27 seconds. Thunderous lovemaking, Derek. Thunderous lovemaking, yeah. Yes. The, honestly, if we're going to get to scenes, that the, the, the deleted scene that probably people, most people haven't seen was the Hook and Smee love scene. Uh, Listen, just got in me the going. movie, Smee straddles Hook. You know, Smee <laughs> is an old friend. And he's like the he's like the caregiver, the caretaker of, of Hook, and I just don't see a relationship there as far as sexual. You know, I just don't. I mean, it, it's possible, but like we're seeing Hook at night with Smee, and Smee's like, you know, Smee sees how dramatic he is. You know, Hook's like, I'm gonna kill myself, and he's like, Oh, not again! Like he's seen this motherfucker do all this shit, and he's, I'm so sick of it. I would say yeah. the one gross thing that I've seen is when he like uses his earwax to like fix yeah, his mustache. I mean, that's the scene. While he does that, he's fucking straddling <laughs> Hook. He puts his shoes away, he gets the bed ready for him, but then he's off on his way. Here's he's the, not sticking around, Rick. He's not sticking here's around. The, here's the here's the test. If Gia walks in a room. And sees, I mean, probably anybody but Steve, but like, let's, for, for the sake of this, st- like in that position, like straddling your lap, her, what are her thoughts going to be? How's that going to go? I, I don't think she even thinks about it. She's probably going to be like, oh, like what's going on? But it's I, I, like, she, she but, but like the thing, well, I guess it's like, it doesn't really matter because she's going to be like, well, obviously nothing's going on because Derek's as straight as a fucking straight. Yeah. What, but okay. at the same time, at the, 
Let's this, say I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you, Rick. A okay. lot of people in college asked me if I was gay. A lot of people because I was into theater, and I and I told a lot of people. It, I was like, who knows? Take, who the, knows? take the take the, the the fact that it's two men out of it. it right. Okay. If that was a woman doing the same thing to Hook, you'd absolutely think they're having sex. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't even answer this because I don't know. I just I have I haven't seen much of them doing anything like raunchy. I don't know. Listen, I'm saying they're out at sea for months at a time. <laughs> Alone. There's a lot. There's, there's like four women on that boat with makeup. They're, on. Not, on the, they're not on the boat. They're on, they're at the like the, old, the dock thing. Yeah. They're in the docks. They're not. A, yeah. They're not at sea with them. It's All just right. the male pirates and Glenn. I mean, Close. listen, James Hook has his hand too. His, his other hand. That's well, and, unless and like he, if he masturbates with the hook hand, he's fucked. I don't listen. I'm sure he's into some weird stuff. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what we like in this movie. Derek, what is your number three favorite scene? Okay, so just to start, I'm going to say this was very difficult for me because there's a ton of scenes that I love. Um, but I just chose three that had an emotional impact on me because the music the scene, the acting, all of it together. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I get emotional when watching this. Number one, because it's so like my childhood. But number two, like, it is emotional. There's a lot of emotions here. It's like family and forgetting and never. It's a, it's a really, it could be an emotional movie. So number three, my third favorite scene in this movie is the baseball scene. When Jack hits the home run and Captain Hook's like, my Jack. And Robin's like, no, 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 my Jack. Like, that to me was like really emotional because it was like he he realizes at that moment getting the hook and crowing is not even like a fraction of importance to just realize that his son is not his son anymore. Right. He belong. He's like starting to belong to somebody else, and it's really heartbreaking. And he just the the emotion you see in Robin Williams' face, like he's just he's, you just believe him. And he's a broken person, and he goes right back, and he's like, I got to learn how to fly because of this reason. And he's like, he realizes he's losing his family and he's been lazy and his whole life. And even flashback to earlier in the movie, when he yells at his kids and his wife's like, we only have a few years where our kids want our attention and you're right. blowing it. You are blowing it. So like, um, I love the whole scene though, in general, like the run home Jack. And he's like, no, no, they got it wrong. Best part of that scene is when the catcher shoots the man. Stealing <laughs> bad form, bad form. Ladies yeah. Pretty to mess Jack's rules. I was trying to, I was trying to notice things I've never noticed before. And one thing I noticed is um, when he does shoot that runner, the bullet looks like it went through Smee because afterwards Smee was like grabbing his crotch. He looked around like, did I just get shot? Because <laughs> he, he was crazy. But um, the whole, the whole, and then afterwards, Captain Oak's like, very violent sport, isn't it? Baseball, like <laughs> stupid little line there. But that whole segment, and and when Jack hits the home run, like the music is the like when you're alone, like that that whole music, and it's like incredible the way the music matches with the emotion and. Peter losing his son. It's just, it's incredible. Like that's just Spielberg right there, you know? Yeah. But so I, for my number three scene, have the first Neverland scene when we see the, the dock area and we meet Captain Hook and we meet Smee. Uh, do we meet, the, do we, do we, do we also meet Glenn Close? We sure do. We meet Glenn <laughs> Close who gets thrown into the boo box. <laughs> the boo box. <laughs> my, yeah. And just like the, to me, the best thing I know in like the very early episodes, we had like, what's your favorite thing about this movie? It, it's probably like the detail, like in crafting Neverland, and right. just like how there's so much to look at. In yeah, every scene. yeah. There's there's a shot, and I'm sorry to take away from your scene. The, the the shot of of Peter Pan, I think he's um standing on top of like where the Lost Boys are. He's about to lie down and go to sleep. There's a shot of like all of Neverland. It looks it actually looks like a map. Because you yeah. can see the north, you can see the compass. But there's like the sandy area. They're like, oh, I wonder if like the uh, the Tiger Lily and Indians are yeah. over there. And it's so cool. And like, the, the, yeah, the two different moons, amazing. Yeah, but yeah, just the little things with like the like the red red carpet going down the stairs. Yep, Smee just was like, oh, oh yeah, just of course, uh, it stomps it down. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to look at, and you you know. Captain like Hook and Smee are just like so so much larger than life. Yeah, it's it's wild. 
and, and all all the little people they got for like you know we mentioned Glenn Close. If you didn't know that the pirate gets thrown into the boombox at Glenn Close, yeah. then you you know now. Also, David Crosby is there. Yeah, like yeah. long live the hook. And I think one of the Buffets, maybe the Jimmy Buffett or Warren Buffett was the guy with the patch. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is the one with the patch. And he's like, give me them booties. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of different actors in that. Phil Collins and Genesis are in the beginning. Yeah. George um, Lucas. As, and I George mean, Lucas, you don't see their face, yep. but George Lucas. Yeah. They're kissing the ones who float. Yep. Um, but that, that scene's incredible. And the music is incredible. I remember specifically my sister used to play perfectly on the piano, the Captain Hook theme, the da na na it was like so cool the music's incredible we'll we'll i'll probably mention it a million times but you're right though there's so much detail uh and i love it every time i think of hook i think of like the detail of like what he put in there um the different everyone has a different costume everyone has a different outfit like i I love it i think it's i think it's super cool yeah absolutely uh what's your number two scene uh, this is a, a, a probably a scene people might not think about, but um, I'm such a big fan of this movie that I'm going to pick scenes that probably are not going to be the most popular ones. But uh, the scene where Pockets, the lost boy, like finds out that, that it is Peter and it's super sad and it's super it's just really emotional. And, and all the lost boys are like, no, nah, no, nah, Rufio is right. There's just some old guy. And Pockets is like with no word, just like like you know kneel down and he's like touching his face and he's like stretching it out and then he's like oh there you are peter and then all the lost boys run over and the music hits as soon as they run over because again john williams and spielberg can't do wrong and everyone's like he's touching his face like oh my god peter there you are peter and you promised never to grow up like you know i can't believe this and you know it's 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 important it's an important part of the movie and robin williams acting like peter peter's face his facial expressions like he's starting to remember a little bit you can see that like wait a minute maybe i am this person right um and it's such a, a scene that i always really really enjoyed and then like of course they bring a little bit of comedy and they just keep running back and forth like rufio's like don't listen to that brainless fungus i'm the pan and they run back to <laughs> they run back to rufio and then the pockets is like if tank believes maybe he is they run back to him and then pockets does a, the cutest little rant where he's like he's like what if what if he is Peter Pan? He's not happy here. What, what what about those kids that Hook's got? Give him a chance. Like I love the little pocket speech. It's so great, and that that starts off like Rufio being like, "All right, fuck it." Like you know, Tinkerbell and everyone seems to think this is Peter Pan. So okay, but yeah, excellent scene there. Uh, I, I I mean I, I I have a feeling that all of our scenes are probably going to have something in common, and that I would guess they all take place in Neverland. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my number two is actually the scene where Peter uh, remembers his past and remembers. Great scene. I was it, that that was one of them that like barely didn't make it. It was yeah. going to, but that whole flashback scene is tremendous. And here's the thing: like I, I think looking at a lot of the reviews of this movie, a lot of the negative reviews are like it's too schmaltzy. Hmm. And I get it. You know, we're looking at you know it's the early '90s was clearly like a different time and like what people are looking for the movie so i i I get it from that point of view but yeah it's fucking spielberg making a peter pan movie right exactly it's peter pan it should be schmaltzy and right this this scene is that and it does it so well and i just like i I feel like this especially when he sees the bear and you ever have something you just like you see it and just unlocks a memory for you yes yes exactly and that's perfect and it's like oh it's just fucking he's like i wanted to be a father that was like the memory of the bear and but the whole flashback scene is excellent the way they go through it and you know i think it's funny he's like and then i ran away and him running away was a baby going down and a kid in a carriage just like was was, was he trying to do that and yeah, then tinkerbell like what's going there yeah but I, for me again it goes back to detail and just like the scene where young Peter goes in and Wendy's old and he's like, yeah. I'm going to give your granddaughter a kiss. And she's like, no, 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 no pins, no, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 a real kiss. And I'm like, wait a minute. She's just going to let him kiss her granddaughter. Who's asleep in this amazing Beatles bed. Yeah. Which, which of course, and the detail that I did notice, it was a lot of hard days, night memorabilia around that bed. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, I guess I didn't like, as a kid, I didn't, you know, didn't know like what, you know, year the fuck. The, the fact yeah, that that's cl- like, oh, what cl- year is it? It's clearly like, it was 64. But yeah. Gwen, people probably forget that Gwyneth Paltrow was in this movie. Yeah, yeah, for a second. It's probably like, a, was it like our first role, maybe something like that? It's got to be close to it. 
but yeah, that's a great scene. And, 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 you know, it's funny. I have a, um, on Spotify, I have a musical list, a playlist of, it's just called musicals and it's all the musicals that I really, really enjoy. And the first ones that I ever put on there, like five, six years ago when I made it is all the hook soundtrack. And I have specific things that I like, but one of them is like the flashback scene. I, th- I think it's called remembering Neverland, that whole sequence. And it's like a 12 minute piece. But when it comes on, I just, even if it's in the car, if it just comes on, I'm like, well, I guess I'm listening to, uh, this whole 12 minute piece while I'm driving. Um, the music is, is, I can't say it enough how excellent it is. Yeah. So what is your number one scene? Oh, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. It was tough, but I got to go with the banquet. Yeah. The banquet scene is just the most fun. Uh, the music's tremendous, you know, as a kid, you know, just thinking of if I could like be in Neverland and they're like, yeah, we don't have food here. You just pretend you eat. And then guess what? If you pretend hard enough, there will be food. Yeah. It's like if I did that every single day, I'd be fucking 900 pounds and, and being a respirator. But I, I, you know, for me, it's like, there's, again, we're going back to what you said, the details. When the food appears, there is a block of cheese. With I was going to say, say that. You were say I was, that? Yeah. <laughs> I was getting ready. I was like loading up. It's like my favorite thing. Again, this, this, is, this is my, tw- <laughs> this is, this is my like 20th time watching this movie. And Gia and I are sitting there and we're like, why did we never notice there was thud butt cheese? <laughs> And uh, so, like, it's such a cool detail. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, the the, the name throwing, the, the name yeah. calling back the and forth is contest, amazing. Yeah. You root, you root, dude, good package, be package fruit, dude. I forget what he says, but I used to say it in the past. But like, yeah. it's it, the, it, it's just so good. It's so fun. And I was actually kind of upset as soon as Peter starts eating. He's like so hungry. A minute after he's eating, they set the food fight. I'm like, come on, let him eat yeah. for a few more minutes. <laughs> I mean, just imagine new food. He'll be fucking fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I just love like this. Yeah. It's my number one as well. Like you can't like it. This is the scene I think of when I think of this movie. Yeah. Um, because it's just like the food, when the food shows up, it's like so colorful and it's just like, it is what a kid would imagine. Like Rick, there's just, there's just be. bowls of frosting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's oh, exactly man. like if Thudbutt could think of his like well of course <laughs> this, this was all of this, this was Thudbutt's brainchild clearly yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, lo- I love him like when they're insulting each other back to back like unnamed Lost Boys are like come on Rufio hit him back Get come him. on Rufio hit him back <laughs> you man you stupid stupid man <laughs> oh my god and uh, yeah it's 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 amazing I I love like uh, like you said that the paramecium brain like all that stuff is like yeah. what's the hell what's that. It's just, it, 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 I think, you know, when it comes to having heart in a movie, this is like one of those scenes where like, yeah, this, this is my, this is my childhood is just these, these lost boys pretending to eat and then they eat and then they have a food fight. And it's just, the music's incredible. Everything about it is incredible. Uh, you know, that literally that's one of the songs on Spotify that I go to, I click on banquet from hook yeah. because i'm like i want to re keep reimagining this and one thing that i love with john williams score is that you can hear influences later in other movies like i can hear a little bit of home alone in the song i can hear a little bit of harry potter in the song yeah and there's always a few little things like and i'm like oh cool like that's you know that's going to be like a, a flashback to later music by john williams but yeah this scene's awesome it's my number one uh yeah like i said my number one as well uh echoing every everything you said about that it's just it's such a fun scene. It's it, and it's like you're just waiting for Robin Williams to let loose and like be you know like there's a reason you cast him as like a a grown up Peter Pan because like yeah man and see that he's like you know he never lost that like childhood yeah it's just and, yeah. and watching this again like the music just watching Robin Williams on screen be lovable Robin Williams like it got me again I was like I can't. I can't get over his death. It's been eight years and I'm still struggling with it. Has it been eight years? Jeez. It's been eight years. It's been eight years. Wow. And and I'm still struggling with watching him on screen and just being like, again, we talked about this last week, but like he just feels like he's part of me, you know, yeah. and a lot of people feel that way. So it's it's incredible to just see him and and you know, and especially when you see the transformation on screen of like Peter Banning to Peter Pan. Yeah. He's just this lovable strong-willed person at the beginning of the movie he's just such a lazy like i love the fact that he's like chubby and like they, they did that whole thing where like he has to lose weight and stuff and there's a, that one scene where he has to lose weight and he does it in like a day yeah <laughs> and then in the background all the but they're, they're gonna slingshot him into some like colorful water and in the background it just says all the different signs it's like think happy thoughts spelled wrong birdies horsies bugs <laughs> 
It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough loss to get over. But I get a feeling we'll probably talk about Rob Williams a little bit more uh, in, yep. in another category. But uh, let's talk about our least favorite parts of the movie. All right. So least favorite part. I have a question mark on this one, Rick. Yeah. Is is Julia Roberts the worst part of this movie? Yes. She is. Yeah, I, agree. I had her as well. She's- I d- Here's the thing. I actually don't hate her in this movie because there are moments where I really enjoy her work. But I think overall, I just think it was miscast. And I think that yeah. they were really trying to put some stars in there. I think so, too. And I think also just by the nature of like Tinkerbell as a character, uh, I think there's a lot of actors that especially in the 80s and early 90s and like the early stages of like special effects as we know them now it a lot of actors like need to bounce off other actors and it wouldn't surprise me if julia roberts was one of those actors because you know her best like most human moments are when she grows up to be the size of a person and like is in one-on-one with peter yep which is kind of a it's a scene that bothers me because she's like please like love me and and i was like whoa is she like you know what i mean and then gia was like well she probably wants her she, she's probably hoping that he forgets yeah now that he's in neverland and i'm like that's kind she's, of fucked up she's, con- she's very conflicted she's very conflicted yeah, I feel like. right. she does you know by her you know she's in love with him and has right. been for who knows how long de- centuries right um and or you know was it like probably eight early 1800s you know so for 100 years right that's true so, yeah or 200 years almost, you know, she's, she's been in love with this guy. Right. And been unable to express it. There is a lot in this movie of like, Oh, this is not like, like this, this would not be in a kid's movie today. Right. Right. We, we like, were talking like, about like, that too. Tries yeah. to commit suicide or threatens to commit suicide. It's like, yeah. there's a suicide joke uh, in a kid's movie that is like, our parents are like, all right, like, let's <laughs> just watch it. Like, I can't imagine, like, you know, and this is not a Disney movie, but it is, you know, a Peter Pan movie. But I can't imagine. You know what's funny? It, it feels like a Disney movie. It does. And I think it borrows a lot from the the look of the Peter Pan cartoon. Yep. You know, like, Hook's wearing red. Smee kind of looks like, you know, has the white hair and he's kind of like. Chubby sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Hook has, like, the long hair and. um yeah, I think it does. It does borrow a lot. There's the bear in there, even though I don't like and it's, it's John or Michaels. Or one of the yeah. Yeah. And that's like really my only worst thing. I guess like if I were to talk about other things, but it's hard to fit these into a two hour. It's a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to put like the the Indians, you know. Oh, that, yeah. No, stay away from that. That's, that's from that. opening a, opening opening, a, Pandora's opening a can of worms. Absolutely. Yeah. But the other thing would be like, you know, Wendy is so old now that I'm sure that her brothers aren't alive. But like yes. John, John and Michael were like big characters in the cartoon. Yeah, why, and the book not, and why stuff. not have one of them instead of Toodles? Right. That that that's the one thing I was thinking about too. Like yeah. Toodles was kind of like a, a a funny side character. Like I guess um, <laughs> he really did lose his marbles. Yeah, he lost them good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> toodles. I, so I I've got I've got a, a couple of things. Like you mentioned the Julia Roberts thing. I think that's not you know her best performance by any means. Right. Um, I. I think Jack and Maggie are not great child actors. Like I hate to criticize them as like children, but like they're, they're, they're a weak point. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I never thought of that ever as a weak point in the movie. I actually really, I think I enjoy them so much because I'm used to them. Sure. But I think that, you know, Maggie's little song is great. You know, I think it's cute. You know, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think Jack is serviceable. But Jack's better. I think Maggie is not a very strong actress, and she's like not in the business anymore. So like, I hate to like right. criticize her. But Jack grew up to be like a fucking Republican donor. So fucking. Oh really? Yeah. Oh damn you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're the strongest parts of the movie by any means. Uh, I think probably Maggie. They like kind of sideline. They're like, okay, let's just get you away. Like you're not going to be acting against the real actors, uh, <laughs> you know? And right. And she, and and Jack is like a little bit stronger, so they they, they have him in there. Uh, right. The other thing that, um, and this is this is pretty nitpicky. This one, and I I understand why this is, but like the Lost Boys, and it's like, oh, it's the it's the like late eighties, early nineties, so we got to have some skateboarders, and it's just like <laughs> it dates it, it, like in a movie that should be like super timeless, like right, especially right. is like yeah. oh, of course it's like he has a fucking half pipe. Um, 
you know, with the, with the Lost Boys. But yeah, that's you know, it, it, again, like the I don't necessarily agree with the major criticisms that critics of the time hit this with. Me neither. And, and like you said, maybe maybe it's because we grew up with it, but like twenty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that is abysmal. And well, and, and here's the, like a lot of the reviews, like Ebert's review is like, it's not like this movie sucks. It's bullshit. It's like two out of four. Right. 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 And it's like, everyone's saying it's like, it's just not great. And that like, that's sort of what it is. And sometimes you get movies like that where it's, you know, when they, when they first come out, there's, you know, they're not loved. And then over time it's like, or, you know, the, the right, you know, age of people. Yep. Uh, you know, kind of like, no, let's reevaluate this. Right. So, but, you know, again, at the same time, you know, I wouldn't put this probably even in Spielberg's top 10. Oh boy. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go through them, but th- th- I think this is like the Spielberg movie that hits home for me. Sure. Because and, and it's, that's, and, that's, yeah. and that's similar. Like, you know, when we talked and I think this is, this is something we, you know, movie we both have in common is probably similar uh, to, uh, to Oliver for you, going way back. To yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's true. Yeah, if, if they if they yeah. hold like a childhood emotional punch, it, it's on a different level for me. Yeah, and and everyone has movies like that. And, yeah, you know, for this, sure. is, this is certainly one for me and one for you. I'm sure there are people listening to this that are like, "Hook, like, yeah, that movie's bullshit." Like, <laughs> you know, movie people, you know, movie snobs that are a little bit older than us, and I consider myself movie. a movie snob who's not a little bit older than me, right? Um, you know they, they you know they don't like this movie and there's probably movies that i don't like that kids you know that might you, you know what it is and you know I, I i've had this conversation with people a little bit younger than us like within five years younger than us you know what i i compare this to is the jim carrey grinch okay i can't stand that movie it's not one of my favorite movies yeah. gia knows that because she actually does like the movie and yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, I don't really like it, but I like him in it. Yeah, he's, 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 he's going he, crazy. But like, he is Jim Carrey is funny in it. But like for but, me, it's like it's not my movie. You know yeah, what I mean? But that's, I could. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Grinch is how I think a lot of people feel about Hook, where mm-hmm. like I think they can look at it and go like, oh, Dustin Hoffman, he's great in it. Right. But like the, the rest of it, like, fuck that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I, I think where it it lies in the consciousness of the movie going public, let's say. Right. Um, but let's go to medals. So who do you have for bronze? All right. So just for everyone listening, so they're not like terrified of what I'm about to say, I actually do have a tie in here. So just keep oh, that in mind. Son of a bit. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my uh, bronze goes to Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Um, Dustin Hoffman's the, he's hook. You know, he's great. He's so good. This is the performance of a lifetime for him, I feel like, because he can be the most colorful he can possibly be. I mean, I'm not saying he's not in other movies, but this is this is one of those roles that I'm sure actors want to really grab and be like, I would love to play this evil pirate. Yeah. Um, but also, he's a fun character, too. Um, he, you know, he it's one of those things where when you watch Dustin Hoffman outside of Captain Hook, you're like, well, that's so crazy that he's Captain Hook. Yeah. But uh, he's good. I love all the different things he does, the the uh, the way he talks, the way he moves, the way he, you know, the way he has like that, the, his teeth like bite his bottom lip a lot um, throughout the movie. It's like the way he like looks when he's sleeping too, like, you know, the mustache. I love when his wig flies off and he looks like just like this balding old yeah. captain. Like it's just, it's great. And he has great chemistry with all the actors that he works with. Um, he's one of those actors that can blend in and be like, you know, dissolve himself into, into a role and, and, and the production and everything. I think it was a really smart choice by Steven Spielberg to hire him. Um, and that's it. I mean, he's my, he's my three. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Robin Williams. And, you know, it's, he's the perfect guy. Like I struggled with recasting. Me too. uh, Because there's really nobody who fits that mold of where he is. Like, I I don't think we'll ever see the same likeness of a Robin Williams ever again. Yeah. I, 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 I'd certainly agree with that. And, you know, like I said, he has some great like acting moments and he's the perfect guy to be Peter Pan. Like he is, you know, if Peter Pan, like I said, was going to grow up, it would be Robin Williams. Right. <laughs> um, he he gets to be 
you know, the, the, the serious guy and, you know, show a little bit of like comedic range where he's like, you know, running around the fucking half pipe and like getting harassed by lost boys yep. to, you know, the, the, like he gets the hero shots at the end of the movie. So yeah. it's, it's, he gets to do a lot in here. So yeah, Robin Williams uh, is my bronze. Who do you have for silver? My silver goes to Steven Spielberg. All right. I really, really, really loved his direction in this movie. I loved all the choices he made. I think that, like we said before, even like not using the Indians because he's smart, you know, yeah. just just in case, not going there. But all the creepy little details too, like the scene in the beginning where Peter's walking into like the bedroom of England the first time, and there's like that really creepy picture of Captain Hook on a ship looking at the mermaids. Yeah. Um, the music, the way he, the way he uses the music is tremendous. He just knows exactly what to do with John Williams music. Um, he know, you know, he pieces it perfectly in there. I love the costumes and the outfits, especially with the lost boys. Like when they're all getting ready for like battle, they're like jumping through these little walls of like fabric right. and all the little symbols, like the, the, the hooks and the crossed out and, you know, all the little things. He's such a busy guy, Spielberg, that like, you know, there's a point in the movie where one of the actors who's the lost boy goes up to him and like nudges him. And he's like, Mr. Spielberg, he's like, what's my lost boy? Like, what's my character's name? And he's like, just, just don't ask. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> and the kid was like, I'm don't ask. <laughs> and in the movie, the kid's like, oh, don't ask. And he throws like a thing in his face or whatever. And I'm like, I'm so glad that they threw that in there uh, from the, you know, the trivia that I read. But uh, it's just, um, this is the guy who made Temple of Doom and Raiders and like, what? Like he made Hook. Like, I, I, I feel his influence in all these different movies. But I think that for me, this is this this might be one of my favorite Spielberg movies. So, yeah, I, I mean, we can, we can just keep it going because he's my uh, my silver as well. Yeah, he it's the the way that he builds this world. It's really, you know, it is unique. He doesn't necessarily do that a whole lot as far as i mean indie like the indie series he does but you know it, it's spielberg i think if you look at some of his other work does have like a passion for the peter pan story yep and there's you know if you look at a segment in the twilight zone movie which is uh, you know not his fault but you know a, a movie that will be the one of the last movies we ever fucking do on this show um but yeah like there's very much like peter pan vibes in that because if you remember his segment is like they're at like a nursing home and they they, mm-hmm. they you know they the older folks there start getting young yep and then like jump out the window and it's like oh that's so peter pan like of course and that's from 10 years before this maybe even more yeah right what's well, 80 so it's like it, it's just like oh yeah of course like he's wanted to do this and he he finally gets to and yeah, like there's so much, you know, there's so many little things, so many little moments in this movie. Um, you know, it's, it's Spielberg. You, Steven, let's talk. Spielberg, come I on. I know you're listening. Come I know on. you're listening. Come on the show. We know that you're literally the biggest fan of the show. And yeah. I'm wondering why you haven't contacted either of us yet. You, we, we give you our email address every week on this show. Come on here and talk about bowling. We don't care. Congratulations on the best director nominated nomination today, by the way, Steven. There you go. Congrats. Come on the show. Hey, I think you, this could be the bump. This could if be you want, the win. If he wants promotion, come on the show. We'll give you a promotion. We know come he needs it. Show. We know he needs it. Absolutely. Who's your goal, Derek? My goal is a straight up tie. There's no other way I could do this. Uh, John Williams and Robin Williams. Robin the Williams. Williams no, no relation Willi- as far as I know. The, no relation. Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, I've already said as all I could really say on him in this episode already is that he just does everything right for me. He's my childhood. When he's on screen, I get emotional because that's like watching a family member like who's not here any, anymore. And also, also knowing that like he went through a very, very rough patch of like the last decade of his life was not even close to what he had in the '90s for success. And I know he struggled with that. I know he struggled with with a lot of different things. But it's sad to think like. You know, Robin Williams didn't die from a disease, well, necessarily disease. He he basically committed suicide. And well, I mean, to to be clear, he he did commit suicide, but he suffered from a form of dementia, dementia, and also uh, Parkinson's disease. Yeah, and I I think those are connected. But as as a result of his dementia, he just really didn't know what was going on. Right, right. But it's it's just it's a very sad ending for him. You know, 
I, I wish he was still around to just be be funny, you know, and be him and stuff. And, and okay, I can't really say much more how good he is in this movie. He's my he's my favorite person in this movie. But I I will say this, and I will make this statement right now, and this is it, John Williams. In this movie, in my opinion, this is my favorite score in film history. I can't get enough of it. I think it's the best John Williams has ever done. And he's, I mean, John Williams, is, his work is big. He's got a lot of big pieces of art, you know, and, and, and great stuff. But this is my favorite. And so that's why the two of them are my gold. So I have a tie uh, for my gold as well. But it is, uh, it's two different people. It is Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins uh, as, as Hook and Smee. Because their dynamic in this movie is absolutely hilarious. Every time, like every time they're together, it's fucking dynamite, and the sexual tension is just so. Oh man, thick! Come on, now. <laughs> I, Bob Hoskins is phenomenal in this. Yeah, I, I, wish I, could, scene, I wish I could squeeze him in there. Who's, like the scene where he's just like, "Oh, it's like it's so small that it didn't make my top three, but where he's like, he's going, "Smee, what about Smee? Smee, what about Smee? Smee, Smee, Smee." <laughs> uh like it's it's just perfect. Yeah. Um and you know Dustin Hoffman as as Captain Hook. Like he's just again this performance is batshit insane. Like the, the he's just Hook is just so crazy. <laughs> like yeah, he is. He's like he he's super goofy and he's super evil at the same time. Like yeah. he does the a scene, lot of shitty things. Yeah, like the scene they they have together and it's like Smee's like think like giving him the plan, and Hook has that laugh, which they just like blend into the score in the next. Ah, scene. Ah, ah, yeah. ah, 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 what is that? Ah, ah, like, yeah, it's so weird. Uh, but they're yeah, they're just so great together, and you know, as any you know, maybe the best couple I think we've seen. In, in any or or, or that, that 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 thing he does, he's like I never. Uh, the thing he does with his voice, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he's he's amazing. Yeah, and you're right. The the chemistry between the two of them are like just yeah. phenomenal. And the, like sort of the last scene where where Peter's like they're about to go home. It's like you will like I will hunt your children's children's children. <laughs> Do like, you hear me? <laughs> yeah, and and, and I, I also love like because there are moments where you're like you know I could see people watching this movie being like you know what. I like Captain Hook. I'm kind of mad for him. His hand was cut off by Peter Pan and fed to a crocodile. No wonder he wants revenge. But then, he, you know, Robin Williams, like Peter Pan gives him back his sword and Hook just puts his hook in his arm and just carves it up. And you're yeah. like, what a bastard he is. Just looking, I just, oh, and another, another little thing when he, right before he kills Rufio. And he's just like, Rufio. Rufy, like, <laughs> and, and he just ends with Rue. <laughs> it, it's such a sad scene, like you know, Rufio. I wish I had a dad like you. Like, there's a lot of emotion in this movie, and it, I think we mentioned earlier is like the crocodile falling on him, the way it falls. Like yeah. me after it happened, me I just I just said out loud, I don't get how he just got eaten, but okay. Yeah, She's like, neither happened. do I. I don't know how it happened, but Neverland's a strange yeah. place, and that's and that's another thing. It's like you know, going back to to our Spielberg conversation. It's it's very much like so much of his work and so many of the themes are about fatherhood or like the lack thereof. Yep. Yep. You know, like just think about like, even like the, some of the episodes we've done, like Jurassic park, there's so much about like being a father in that movie for something that's not yep. ostensibly about being a father. Um, you know, obviously like the latter Indiana Jones movies gets into that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, catch, catch, catch me can. Yeah, yes. There's there's so much of it. And this is like ultimately where he's just like you know, because his his sons, you know, his oldest kids, I believe, are right around our age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or, or maybe a bit older, but like this is the movie he'd be making when he was like, I need to come to terms with myself being a father. Yeah, it makes sense because what I think 84 was what he meant mate uh, met Kate Capshaw. Yeah. And they've had kids since then. That was 84. So you think 91, they probably had a kid. It was maybe like five or six at that point. Yeah. So th- this is, you know, this is, this is certainly, I think, one of his takes on that. And I mean, E.T., like the father's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's so much, um, you know, so much to look at there. Uh, it's very interesting. Let's go to recasting. Uh, I, only, I only did three. I, had, uh, I have Peter, I've got Hook, and I've got Smee. I also have Tink. Okay. Who do you, who do you have for Tink? Emma Watson is my yeah. Tinkerbell. I think that uh, 
she would bring what needs to be in that role is that like a fun, loving sort of character that does it right. Sure. And she already proved it really well in Beauty and the Beast. I think she just played a great Belle. Um, it was, she was excellent. So I could totally see her as Auto tune aside, she was great as Belle. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I think she. I think as far as like the heart that she put yeah. into the role, I think she would bring that over and, and be a great Tink. And uh, I wanted to go a little. I don't know if actually she's younger than Julia Roberts here. I, I can't even confirm so, that. But do you know? I th- let me look up because like they are remaking Peter Pan for I, I believe Disney Plus. Yeah, I know Jim Gaffigan's playing Smee. It's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jude Law's Hook, I believe. Jude Law's Hook. That's interesting. And Tinkerbell, I feel like I read. I think it only makes sense to cast the the role a little bit younger. Yeah, because the yeah. older it just kind of seems weird. But yeah, uh, yeah, looks like a sort of uh, not an actress that I know as, as Tinkerbell, but she's right. a, yeah, like a twenty year old uh, actress. All right, so yeah, yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Smee. And, yep. Uh, I, I did not go with Jim Gaffigan for mine, but maybe you did. <laughs> who is your uh, who's your Smee? I went with Taika Waititi. Excellent. Yes. yes. Um, I recently got finished watching what we do in the shadows and I love him. And also obviously from Ragnarok, Ragnarok, he's a great yeah. actor. He's so funny and quirky. I feel like he'd be the perfect Smee here. Yeah. So I, uh, I went with somebody who is not from New Zealand, I don't believe, but is uh, pretty strongly associated with the country of New Zealand. And that is Andy Serkis for Smee. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Andy I Serkis. Can, is, I can uh, just, I can just see him really getting into it yep he can do no wrong in my eyes all right who is your hook my hook i went through a bunch of different actors this is tough yeah every time i mentioned one gia was like oh you have to go with him yeah and so the first one that we were gonna choose i'd say my runner-up was benedict cumberbatch interesting okay but i ended up not feeling it i just didn't feel it as much and i went ended up going with my choice which is lee pace yeah and Lee Pace, if you don't know who he is, he's the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. He plays Legolas's father in the Hobbit movies, Three Anduil. Um, he's a great villainous actor, but I feel like he could also put a nice little fun. I, I, I pictured, you know, I think I think Hook and Smee need to have some chemistry, and I think Taika Waititi, yeah. being so lighthearted, would sort of be a good chemistry for Lee Pace in this one. Yeah. So I went with a guy who is probably most famous for playing another. Uh, uh, massive villain role. I, I, I've also seen him do some comedy that would really fit the tone of this movie, and that is Ray Fiennes. Yes. Yes. He is a great actor in general, but yeah, he can play both sides very, very well. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, have you seen um, uh, In Bruges? I have not. Check that one out. And that's like okay. exactly, he plays the villain in that movie. And it's like exactly the kind of like banter that that Hook and Smee have. Like he has that in the movie. And it's like, it's oh, excellent. I was even thinking just like the, you know, f- from going f- from Voldemort and like the red or like, you know, his character in Red Dragon yeah. to to like a, um, M in the new James yeah. Bond movies. Like he has a warmth about him, too. Yeah. So he could do both. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So this one's this one's tough. Yeah. Who do you have for uh, who do you have for Peter? Well, number one, who do you who who can who can do this besides Robin Williams? Yeah, I've used this actor many many times in the past, and I was trying to think about it, and I was trying to think, can this actor be like the kind of chubby like dick dad in the beginning and turn yeah. it all around? And the one thing that I really saw in this actor was him wearing the tights. I could see him being this hero, and I the only yeah. person I could think of was Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Um, I can, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I yeah, see it, the, the only it, problem I have yeah. with that is like, I don't, I don't know how well he'd fit in the early part of the movie. Doing That's, the, yeah, that, yeah, that was what I was thinking of. And so me and Gia had a discussion about it. And I was like, well, in this movie, maybe if, if they were remaking it, like, would it be the exact same thing? Would he be like, but he, he was a, literally the same age as Robin Williams when this movie came yeah. out. So four, yeah. who's around on 40, 41 or whatever. I was, so, yeah, I was, I was looking, I was looking at that and like 40 year old actors are like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's like, they look different now. Yeah, yeah. They look different. Yeah. So I, I want the guy, he can, he's, he's done comedy again. It's, it's not going to match it for Robin Williams. He's perfect. Role. But right. I want the guy who's done comedy. He's done action. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. 
He he was one of them that me and Gia talked about for sure. We, again, same problem. We were wondering if he could do the beginning stuff. I, see, and I G- think he I think he is probably more comfortable than like a Jake Gyllenhaal with that because he's done the comedy in the past. Like he's done the slapstick bullshit, and you know you can you, you can you have to like frump him up a little bit and put maybe put makeup on him, but. Right. And then that's the big thing is that like, I'm sure when people may have heard like, oh, Robin Williams is going to be Peter Pan. Like, not that anybody knew what the story was going to be like. They're not going to be like, how is he going to be chubby in the beginning and be yeah. different? But, you know, somehow he did. So I think, yeah. I, I, you know. All right. So, uh, so miscellaneous. What, do you have anything? I got a couple of things. Uh, I guess Julia Roberts was like hated on set. Yep. Tinker Hell. Uh, Tinker Hell. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, come on. Like, I just, I, I hate hearing shit like that. It just annoys the crap out of me. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that probably goes back to, you know, it, it's it's tough for a lot of actors to just be like, yeah, you because know, she's acting against like a tennis ball, you right? Know, right, it's, it's, right. It's not actors at that point hadn't, you know, hadn't been in you know the ten Marvel movies where it's like, oh yeah, everything's green screen around me and like this is just how like we act in big movies now. So right. it's kind of a new thing. So I I, I would bet. It, it, that is probably what led to to something like that for her. Right, right. And another thing that I have, and this is not really a trivia fact, and again, you can look up tons of trivia on this movie and all the fun stuff. And I even mentioned one last week when, you know, Dustin Hoffman asked Steven Spielberg if him and Smee were like two queens. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I got that kid's movie, damn it. But this is more um, a question that I have, and that's that at the end of the movie, there's like seven lost boys left. Yeah. Does that mean they all died? I don't know. Like, because there's that there's that scene where it's like Hook is like, yeah, I've been killing Lost Boys most of my life. Right. It's you know maybe maybe they're just like Lost Boys are out like obviously you know on the docks like killing pirates. Like I don't know. Right. Um, it's just because it, like all look there was a lot of them that were like older looking and taller, yeah. and they're just gone. It's just all the little ones, and it's like oh okay. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, the, the sequel yeah. to this is the Lost Boy Civil War with those. Lost Boys Civil War. Like they get the skateboarding Lost Boys are like, oh, Peter put who in charge? The fat kid? I don't think so. He can't use that sword. In this version, they're all doing like hacky sack, and it's like, come on, Steven, you're still dating yourself. Yeah. Um, And the older kids now are the new pirates. That's how it goes. They get a whole new shit. shit. That's that's what it is. You know, I I tried to recast Rufio. He was on my list, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't find someone to fit it, you know. Yeah, Dante Basco. We haven't we haven't mentioned him. He's like gone on to have like an excellent uh, voice acting career. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's he's you know Rufio is <sighs> maybe this just goes to show like the strength of the like the character, like the look of him, and like the movie itself. Next time you're in a crowd, like let's say go to a bar next when 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 you feel safe going to a bar, <laughs> and it's mostly people age thirty five or under. Just go Rufio, Rufio. I guarantee you'll start a chant. Guarantee you'll start a chant. Uh, I'd hope that if I went Rufio, Rufio, somebody would go Rufio, and we all go, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I love, again, we're going back to little things, but when they do that, Robin Williams is like, oh, that is so dangerous. (laughs) Just everything he says is funny. uh, He's he's like running away from the kids, and he's like, ah, helmets. So do you have any more miscellaneous? Pretty much it for me. So, Stephen, what did a lawyer do to you? Why do you hate lawyers so much? Like, Jaws, he named the the shark after his lawyer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, he takes the lawyer from the book and makes, who's like a heroic character in the book, and turns him into like the biggest scumbag. The blood-sucking lawyer. Thank you. He make, like literally he's just like what if he just instead of being a hero he just goes and hides in the bathroom and gets eaten by a dinosaur and and in this he's like there's so many lawyer jokes where it's like this I was like watching the scene where it gives like the dedication of the hospital link to Wendy and and he's like Peter's making lawyer jokes about himself even yeah and then there are uh, things that rats won't do yeah yeah uh, it's, I, I don't know and it's like and at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to stop being a lawyer. Fuck you. Right. Uh, I will say another thing that really like dates this movie is the, at the beginning of the movie, the, the, the nineties cell phone, like face off. Oh my God. So amazing. Yeah. There's, there's one thing that 
my sister was always like, you have to watch this one scene. It bothers me. And I was like, what scene? She's like, it's during the baseball game in the beginning. And Peter's wife's like, where is your father? Maggie's like, dad'll be here. He promised. And she bites the hot dog, but only bites the dog and no bread. (laughs) My sister's like, I don't know why she had to take, they had to go that direction. It bothers me every time I see it. I'm like, well, I mean, it happens. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I will say that's what, what, you know, in, in regards to phones as well, Jen did mention that like nothing dates a movie like some, seeing somebody use a phone because it tells you exactly. Oh, for sure, for like, sure, exactly what year that movie was made. Yep, yep, absolutely. Right, so let's uh, let's talk about the '91 Oscars, or it took place in '92. It was for movies in '91. This is a year we've talked about once before, and that is uh, the year that was swept by Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Oscar nominations, I don't think. Let me just look at the technical category. See if Hook got anything. Uh, it gets a best song nomination for "When You're Alone." Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets uh, best art direction nomination. Uh, oh, was gets... that was that was that song written by John Williams? It must have been. Uh, music, do... music by John Williams. Lyrics by Leslie Bracusi. Okay. Because I was going to say he doesn't do a lot of those songs with lyrics, so yeah. So uh, uh, art direction, makeup, costumes, uh, the stuff you'd uh, visual effects, the stuff you'd expect. Yep. Um, let's talk about the major categories. Uh, of course, Best Picture said, you know, everything swept by Sons of Lambs. Sons of Lambs wins. Other nominees: Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, JFK. The Prince of Tides. I this mean, is of course this is of course the year where you know because Beauty and the Beast is nominated, everyone panics, and then a few years later we have Best Animated Feature. You know, I, I get I'm fine with Hook not being there, but because it's so embedded into me, like I want sure. it to be there, but I'm fine sure. with it not being. There. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, director is won by Jonathan Demme, of course, for Silence of the Lambs. Other nominees are John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, Barry Levinson for Bugsy, Oliver Stone for JFK, and Ridley Scott for Thelma and Louise. I mean, I'd love to see Spielberg in there, but I understand. Yeah. He does a lot, you know, I think. I, his, mean, his I der- think if, if yeah, I, I don't think. He, I mean, if anyone is in the conversation, I think it's Barry Levinson. I mean, you can't take away from Spielberg's amazing relationship with, with working with the way to workshop for this movie. Sure. I doubt Wado was involved with this. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Probably ILM Spielberg. They did the, the Lost yeah, Boys armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Yeah, I, I would think it would be ILM for the effects on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, best actor Anthony Hopkins for playing Hannibal Lecter. Other nominees are uh, Warren Beatty for Bugsy, Robert De Niro in Cape Fear, Nick Nolte in Prince of Tides, and uh, Robin Williams for The Fisher King. Oh, Robin. So, I mean, who do you have here? Robin Williams or Robin Williams? Yeah, I know. It's tough. You know, Dustin Hoffman's the the title character, but and I'm glad and I'm glad they gave him some background scenes too to see like, you know, what the life is like is, with Captain Hook. Is Hook the right title for this movie? Probably not, but I, th- I think it was like the right move because if it was Peter Pan, this is not the Peter Pan story. Sure, this is a different story. So I guess it's good enough. What, what we could have called it instead, I'm not really sure. Peter Pan grown up, Neverland. Yep, Neverland would have been for me. Maybe, uh, maybe fi- I'll say Finding Neverland's a good name for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't do that, right? Uh, I think maybe just Neverland is the, is probably the, the better title. Neverland, yeah. So nobody really for best actress, uh, best supporting actor. I think you can maybe make a case for, for maybe Hoffman or for this. Oh, for for uh, Dustin, I was even thinking Bob Hoskins for this. Yeah, either, I think either one you can make a case. But best supporting actor is won by Jack Palance for City Slickers, which is a bizarre movie. To have that is seen. the most bizarre thing yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Like I wouldn't even think of he would be even nominated. Yeah, um, Tommy Lee Jones. In JFK, Harvey Keitel in Bugsy, Ben Kingsley in Bugsy, Michael Lerner for Barton Fink. I think we, you know, I'm I'm against two movie two nominations for a movie. Yeah, Hoffman's probably the one. I think yeah, I think Hoffman goes in 
uh, for that over, last one, last one you mentioned, maybe over Kingsley. I think Ben Kingsley, because you get bugs you get, for Bugsy, you have Kingsley and Kaitel. Right. You know, Michael Lerner okay. and Barton Fink's is tremendous. Yeah, I don't think anyone for best supporting actor, uh, actress, excuse me. Right. Uh, either. Unless, unless you want to put Maggie. Maggie Smith doesn't have enough, enough in there. Yeah, Maggie Smith is. Here's the other thing. I think this movie is why I think Maggie Smith is 30 years older than she actually is. Right. They made it look so old in they this. They did. And it was like, she, was looks, like she looks, her old age makeup in this, I mean, it's, it's very good because she looks like in this movie like she does now, 30 years right. later. Uh, so I was like, I was like, oh, this is why I think she's ancient when she's like, I mean, she's 89, I think. So she's right. Like, you know, she's, she's on the older side, but like, I really was like, oh, she's a hundred. <laughs> right. I, think, I think it's because of this movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 91. She looked like she was a hundred. Yeah. So that's the Oscar. So now Derek, I, I want you to take a second because I think this is the, probably the most important question I've ever asked in my life. Okay. What are you eating with this movie? Probably some thud butt cheese, some bowls of frosting, yeah. <laughs> um, some chicken legs. Um, I want some eggs. Like, I want yeah, a cup of coffee. Like, smoked turkey legs, like an amusement park. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that's uh, that. I don't know if you remember this moment, but like Smee's like, I'll make you a plate of food. And then <laughs> Smee's just eating the food as he's putting it on the plate. And he just like sneezes or sneezes or coughs food out into the plate and just leaves it there. <laughs> it's just so fucked up. A uh, little moment I recognize this time around. But yeah, I would say for the most part, I thud butt cheese and bowls of frosting is what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> thud butt cheese. <laughs> uh, just thud. On the fucking his, his name and face were on the cheese. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they were making a movie in Spielberg. Like everybody, stop everything. Everything. Yeah. I, I, I need the fat to... kid's face on the cheese. Yeah, you're gonna have your own fucking cheese. <laughs> uh, all right. So now it comes to the uh, traditional, most important part of the show, and that is when we put thirty seconds on the clock. And Derek, you explain why Hook is the greatest movie of not just this time, but all times. But of all, all the times. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Hook is the greatest movie of all time because it has so much heart. And it's about family and it's about everything you want in a little fantasy movie. It, it has a, like a, a fantasy place of Neverland and the, the, everything looks really, really cool. The costume designs are great. The acting's phenomenal. Big, big acting. Um, it, it's so underrated, in my opinion. I think everyone should go out and watch Hook. It's the greatest movie of all time. All right. 26 and a half seconds. Great job, Derek. So that has been our episode on Hook. Um, some would say an underrated classic. Some would say on the lower end of the Spielberg canon. But let us know what you think. And we'll certainly, I'm very interested to see where this uh, ends up standing in our season finale when we count down our uh, 50 movies here uh, in mm-hmm. a few months. Yeah. But let's uh, speaking of that, let's talk about what we have coming up next week. We're in the depth of winter. So it's time. It's time to watch the thing. Oh yeah. Then our back to back nineties, black and white movie series begins with American history X. Very different movie than we watched today. Yep. And then we go to Clerks. All right. Indeed. Uh, sounds sounds great. I'm excited. Getting some 90s indie in there. And then after that, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but after that, we have three movies with another actor that we both love. And one who's been in a movie that we have talked about already on the show. In fact, two movies. I believe that we've talked about already on the show. Uh, and I just the- realized, I just realized yeah. that he is in all three of those that's, movies. That's why, that's why I put him, uh, put him back to back in uh, ascending order of how much he's in the movie. And actually uh, the four, four, if you do the four movies in a row that we're going to do there, another actor is in three of those. That's true. That is true. Wow. That I didn't, I didn't mean, but the fourth one was kind of a, oh, I got to squeeze it in there. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's true. We're doing accidental overlapping trilogies. But we'll, yep. we'll, we'll tell you what that is uh, next, uh, and probably in the next few weeks. Uh, we get a, a very exciting few months coming up. So I can't wait for that. 
Um, yes. Derek, what do you have coming up on the greatest album of all time podcast to see that your episode on uh, on Guns N' Roses just dropped? Yep, we, t- we just dropped that one. That was a lot of fun to do, especially for, for a band that we're not like super, super into. It was kind of fun to do that because we always wanted to be like, let's go into it, not really knowing a whole lot. Um, so that was cool to do. Um, we changed up our lineup. And so the next episode that we're going to do is actually going to be the album 21 by Adele that came out in 2011 monster album um, rolling in the deep, all those songs. Um, so we we're trying to get, you know, trying to find albums that are classic in the last decade. It's a little bit difficult because music's yeah. definitely changed a lot, but um, we're going to do Adele. And then after that, we uh, we'll, we'll figure out where we're going to go from there. But uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening. We have a lot of fun doing that. So. Well, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I do want to thank you so much for listening to our little show here. So uh, as always, I have been your co-host, the wonderful Rick Barrasso. That was a loud car. Did you hear that? No. Oh, you know, good. good. I'm glad I didn't pick that up. And I, your co-host. The loud car, Derek Smith. <laughs> the bangerang, <laughs> the bangerang, the bangerang Boski. <laughs> Keep flying, everyone. <laughs>